0: Good evening, good evening, and I love you in Christ, because I live in Christ. And I want to talk to you about being in Christ. I'm going to go to one of my old sermons, and that might be preaching tonight, because I want to tell the devil something. As a Christian, I have some power. Through Christ, dunamus, power. That's the Greek word, power. So I'm going to talk to you through the subject of the locative of the spear. But the background is this. Thanks be to God to ask for your prayers for me and my situation here in this season of Advent, because I know that I have an inheritance that passes to me in my bloodline through Christ. And I'm holding on to life and the true teachings of Jesus Christ. You're not going with the trend of the day. Because that's a falsehood. But I want you to go with me back to Asia Minor, about 60 or 70 AD. You'll find churches which Epaphras started in the Lycus River Valley. Epaphras was a convert of Paul. Colossians 1 7. 4 and 12, 1, 23. Hipophras was converted during Paul's Ephesian campaign. And Acts 19 tells us that Paul was in Ephesus for two years. It was his longest ministry in one place. So Epaphras took his newfound faith back to his home area, the Lycus River Valley. And he started three churches at Hierapolis, Naodicea, and Colossae. These were the major cities. For a while, as things go, everything was hunkadory, peachy keen. But suddenly there was a mixture of converts, which was both Gentile and Greek, and a new atmosphere embracing the beliefs of Philosophy and Plato and Hellenism. Epaphras was grievously moved and confronted by heretics who wanted to confuse the thinking of those churches, the three that we mentioned earlier. And so we have these letters. Epaphras asked Paul for advice on how to combat this Merging of Christianity, Judaism, and Greek thought. Which Heretics were teaching. Paul was imprisoned at Rome. And heresies broke out. And epaphras visited Paul in the Roman jail. Get his help. And Paul writes this terse letter to the Colossians followed later by Ephesians and Philemon. And these were cyclical letters to the churches in the volcanic area of Asia Manor. The letters are delivered by Tychicus and Onesimus, who took them, very large letters, to the three churches to be read. So my question is, do you know who he is? Do you know what he can do? Do you know his power? And from whom you get your being. As Christians, we live in him. And it's a marvelous place to reside. you look around your physical abode, you'll find that you like where you are. You like all the creature comforts. But living in Christ is the difference between living in the north and the south side. It's like living in a grand hotel with everything at your feet instead of the best Western. Everything you need is at your feet. Because you are in Christ if you accept Him. And in Christ is a grammatical construction called a locative. This was Paul's favorite way to describe Christians. As believers, we live and move and have our being in him. He is the origin and source of all spiritual blessings. So Paul says this 64 times in his writing. In Christ, in him, in the beloved. But we are in a spiritual battle and we need to be ready. That is why we live in him. We're in a daily struggle. Living our life from day to day in this time of temptation and intensity. We need to grow stronger. And in union with the scriptures. In union with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6.13 Through his mighty power. We are called to be strong not in ourselves, us power. We are called to be strong through the God in us. And we cooperate through God's righteousness, His salvation that avails us of His equipping. We put on His righteousness and we avail ourselves of his provisions because they laid our feet. They are there, but we must pick them up. We must put on God's armor, like a soldier, a Roman soldier puts on his his armor. We must be able to stand and hold our position to strengthen us where we are against the devil's strategy. And, you know, we're going to face some strategies of the devil. I just did that. And I'm not going to go over it step by step, word for word. But I know I was confronted by the devil when I made a new step in Christ. The devil got upset and wanted to follow me around from place to place in a church. And I said, no, devil, this is God's house. You can't come in here following me around. You can't follow me up and down the street. I've got on the whole arm of God, and he strengthens me, and he protects me, and he allows me to see who you are. I know who you are. God is telling me who you are. I can see you. I can pick you out. Once and for all, get away from me because I have on God's armor. I don't stand with human foes alone and not with flesh and blood alone. I put on the strength the power and the might of Christ. So I don't want you to think I'm standing around in your church amidst what I thought to be a family of believers and a community of faith. I don't want you to think that I'm sitting around in the church without my armor. God has given me his righteousness. And God wants me to live a holy life. And if you come up in my face and you say something that I don't think you should be saying, not yay or nay, if you're saying something to confront me, and I'm already in my position, don't tell me that I ought not to pray. Because the Bible says we have to pray unceasingly. We have to pray every moment. every Every day of our lives, we don't ever stop praying. So when you tell me I can't pray, you've confronted me and you've confronted the Holy Spirit. I have my position. I'm in possession of it. And I have the whole... Um, Of Christ that I could not have without prayer, because I move and breathe in Him. In Him I have my being. I cannot worry about tomorrow, because God has already planned it out. He has the answer. He has the way. He has the truth, and He is the light. He's a might. He's the miraculous, the most holy and admirable God of our salvation. So I'm within his family of believers. And I believe that I must pray unceasingly. I'm going to pray. No matter what you do, I shall be praying. Because I'm called to a lifestyle of prayer and holiness. I have a lifestyle of progressive sanctification. So, as Paul believed that the church was remaining faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ was given to Paul and he gave it to Apophis words faith, trust, and believe all have the same Greek root, pistis. The word's primary emphasis is on trustworthiness of God, not in the enthusiasm or sincerity of human response. So I have to trust, have faith, and believe that Christ is my Father and He is faithful to me. I have to trust, believe, and receive the blessing of Christ because He is the object of my faith. My faith is uh, followed by a lifestyle of faithfulness and I have to be obedient by remaining prayerful I can't give up the prayerful part and remain faithful because there's no way to communicate with God without the prayer, not just when I'm alone, but when I'm in the congregation. How can we say that we trust him if we don't pray together for him? We go to the temple, to the congregation, to the sanctuary to pray, to rejoice in his word. And we have to do more than one prayer to him. I'm not talking about anybody. But I want to say that we must pray. And we can't have on our armor without prayer. So these letters were delivered. Baptisticus and a friend of Philemon, Onesimus. Have you ever received a form letter? This is a form letter in which the names of the churches was left blank. And it was inserted upon reading because it was cyclical. So the letter was written to the believers of blank. And at each church, they would insert the name. It was read in each church with the same personalization, personalization the same vigor, the same power and fortitude. But we thank God for those heretics at Colossae. Because of them, Paul writes these powerful letters. We thank God for their unruliness. So I thank God that I have Paul to tell me to hold on to my faith. I thank God that Paul addressed this evil. I thank God that Paul helped people to progress through different levels of their life. And I thank God for the relationship that these letters had with those two churches which Paul had never visited. Paul had a lot of time on his hands in Rome while he was in prison. And I know that he was trying to merge the Greek thought with the other thoughts to make Christianity relevant and to spread his message. But there must be unity in all things in Christ. How how does it relate to us? How does it fit into our sphere of being in this day and time. I can tell you why because the, the subject of my talk is the locative of the sphere. This is a very special place where God keeps us. Since we are in Him, we breathe in Him, we walk with Him, and He talks with us. And He tells us we are his own. We don't want to be resilient-minded Christians like the Colossians and allow the forces of evil to tamper with our place in Jesus Christ. We want to keep on praying. We don't want to be persuaded that we don't need to pray. We don't need to trust as much We don't need to think that we are somewhat perfect without being in Christ because we've been redeemed along with our spirit. We have to believe that we need prayer. We have to know that this world is evil but not completely evil the world can be transformed as well God created this world for us to enjoy and created all that is in it and he called it quote unquote good so we have to think that even evil can be transferred transformed to good so I'm not giving up on the world I'm not giving up on people who are trapped in this endless cycle of sin. I'm not giving up on people who point their fingers at us and say to them, say to say to others that look at her, or look at look at how she is turned out, or look at what she's doing, look at her family, or we are so disenchanted by the way things have gone for her don't worry about me don't let your soul be disquieted don't rob me of my spiritual aspiration because you need to adjust yours God can protect me and I have a weapon that you cannot fight against the weapon is the plane of my being the record, the, the, the place where I am, the place on which I dwell, a sphere in Christ. I'm in possession of that place because God loves me. He is my strength, He is my power, and He is my might. And I'm not worried about. Depending on my preacher, I'm not worried about someone else being the source of my supply because he's the bread of life, he's the keeper of my soul, he is my shelter in the time of a storm, he is my healer and my protector in this mighty, mighty battle of this spiritual realm. That is why I pray in the Spirit. That's why I pray in Him. Because He's dwelling in this place with me. In this sphere that He put me on. In this locative where He dwells. His presence is always with me. So don't worry about me because He's all I need. I am filled with His Spirit. And He will help me to grow stronger. Because he is the mighty power. Power is not in me. It's not in you. It is in him. The power is supernatural. And I'm cooperating with it. He is my righteousness. So... To avail myself of his provision, I have to be available, but it's not automatic. Just like weapons, you have to pick them up. I have to pick up God's armor and put it on. And it starts with my prayer in my war against the devil. It, it, It starts with my prayer. In my struggles. It starts with my prayer in my suffering. It's hand to hand combat going on daily. A battle of blood and flesh. And so I pray the peace of Christ will be with me as I face these spiritual forces of evil because I'm in a heavenly contest it's not an earthly contest it's a heavenly contest God is fighting my battles I'm taking up his full armor once and for all and I'm holding my position so you may resist you may take a stand you may exist in the devil and when evil attacks you, you may have to run, but I can stand in the day of adversity, in the day of problems, in a day of suffering. I can stand because he's fighting for me. I stand in the victory of Christ, and I remain there. I stand there. And I remain there. With my waist, my coat of mail, taking up my shield, prepared for the battle with my defensive weapons. And I'm not worried. I am not worried. This is good news for me and it's good news for you that God has your back as he stands with you today you take the helmet of salvation that God provides for you the sword of the spirit that he wields every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is yours for he's the great defense against any schemes of the devil So, we need prayer to help us do that. The Word of God, Rima, the Word of God is hidden in our hearts. So, we don't have to worry. We don't have to go into some strange mode, naming and claiming we just start praying in the Spirit like Paul. I'm not a great teacher. I'm not a great preacher. I'm not eloquent like Apollos. I do preach. I know what I'm talking about. I do not pray loud and long like the Pharisees to impress. I just pray my little short prayer and I say it in a normal voice. Pray for me. An ongoing gospel of God. Paul need, believed that he needed to pray. He believed that he needed prayer. So pray for others. Pray that I will know what to say. That's what Paul said. When I opened my mouth, Colossians four forty-five 45, he said, pray that I will know what to say. He was in prison. And he said be not selfish he asked others to pray for him so it says open my mouth pray that I know what to say to this devil hallelujah thank you Lord he wanted to know what to say when he stood before Caesar thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Let me be filled with an enabling spirit. Let me be filled with the sweetness and the life of Jesus. That I may may come to know him. That I may speak courageously. This is why Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, made his petitions with the shield of faith. Because he said we wrestle with rulers and powers of this dark world. Governmental authority in this angelic world. But we are in Christ. We are in his body and cannot live there. Because this is his kingdom. I'm saved and safe in the arm of Jesus in this spirit. In his fold, in his hands, Lord have mercy. I have to put on my arm and keep it on. I have accepted him. I have availed myself of protection that he has given me. I picked it up. I girded myself with him, with his righteousness. Because we have none for ourselves, I avail myself with his grace and his mercy. He is mine. He is mine. Jesus is mine who walks with me and he talks with me. He's my friend and he's my brother, and we have a personal relationship. Early in the morning, late at night, when all is still and quiet, I open my heart to him and I let him in. He is my all in all in this locative of the spirit. In Christ, we move and breathe. And he will be with us. God loves us. But God created us to live in this world. And he valued us. So I'm not worried about anything anyone says or any guard that they put up in a church to walk behind or in front of me or any lawyers that they sit next to me on the left and on the right like righteousness and doubt trying to figure out who wants to be on which side heavenly father help us to know that you are our hope we only need to have faith which leads to love which leads to peace help us to see that all we need resides in knowing you. Help us to see the lighted pathway. Help us to see where we are located in this sphere in Christ, in union with you. Help us to learn how to move and breathe within the Spirit of Christ. Amen. Let's take our newfound prayer for life home with us. Well, let us wake up with it every day for the struggle of life of temptation and intensity we need to go stronger we need to go stronger and stronger in the Lord stronger and stronger in union with the Lord his might and his power not in ourselves but in him alone We must avail ourselves of His provisions because they lay at our feet. Amen. God is our lawyer. Good morning, morning, ye early birds, still in the Advent season, and I am talking about the life of Christ and prayer. And Mark says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there he prayed as part 135 on the king james version and as we study this you have to think about what jesus plan for prayer was think about how he purposefully got up every morning and he went to a solitary place and he communed with God so he did the same thing at night but his prayer was purposeful his prayer was a communing with God, talking with him and stretching himself to God. So my, my challenge to you is to do this, the very same thing. If you want to receive God's presence in your life early in the morning, say your prayers, and late at night, Jesus had only three years to accomplish his purpose, and his days were filled with healing and restoring sight to the blind and preaching to the masses and feeding and dining with the outcasts of society, he comforted Breathing, people in his circle. Jesus had much work, and it's a little time to do it. But even with all the work that Jesus had to do in his three years of active ministry, he made time for prayer. And he did it first, early in the morning, well before sunrise. And he had a place that he went to. He went to a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. And so he made it a priority and he made time for it and he had a special place for it. This means that Jesus spent time with God, and he had an intentional plan. He got up, he left his dwelling, and he went to a special place, and he conversed with his Heavenly Father. But we have so much to do in our lives that we can't sometimes spend three minutes Do spend three minutes, we rush through it and Heavenly Father. I just ask that you would help me to spend more time in prayer. It is important that we seek God's help. It's important that we put Him first. We have to place more value on prayer. We are so caught up in what we have to do and meeting our goals and finishing our tasks that we have too much to do and we just can't make time for God we can't have a conversation with him, I pray while I'm working even though it's important to work so that we may eat it's also important to have a relationship with God and prayer is work We have to talk to God, it invites Him. We ask Him to guard our mouths and our conversations, to speak for us so that we might know what to say as Paul said, pray for me that I know what to say when I stand before Caesar. And so I want to make a divine connection in my life so that I'll finish the task that He wants me to do, whatever the task is that He wants me to accomplish. I want to be able to do that. So I have to make this faith step to spend time in special prayer each day and see what God will do. See how his plan for me or you will unfold. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for helping us to dine at your table by opening up our hearts and our minds as we sit with you and commune with you early in the morning or late at night as we open our hearts and our minds to the instruction that you have for us. And as we pray, O oh God, help us to listen for your voice. Help us to listen for what it is that you want us to do so that we will know with certainty that we are on the right track. Teach us how to pray. I just use the models that you have in Matthew. And oh God, I pray that we will continue to take the time to seek out special places, to have open and earnest heart-to-heart talks with you about anything, any matter, any situation that is troubling us any aspirations that we have, anything that's wrong in our lives for healing within our bodies and in others' bodies that are connected to us. Let us pray for others that we don't know. Pray for the world. Pray for our churches and pray for our ministers. Pray for our congregations and the people who sit next to us in our pews. Pray for our neighbors who live next door to us. Pray for the city. Pray for the state. Pray for the entire country and pray for the world. Help us, O Lord, to pray for peace and happiness and love and transformation. Help us, O God, for you want us to live an abundant life, a happy life. And you call this creation good. Help us to seek out the ways that we can make it good. Let us start with prayer. And we thank you, oh God. We thank you right now. It's in your name that we pray. Forgetting about those who would have an opposing point of view. For we love you as you have loved us first. Amen.